Hello, my name is Angela Cox and this is the Mindset Mental Meets podcast. This is a one-off episode. I'm not interviewing a leader this time. I'm actually working with a client and you get the privilege of being a fly on the wall in my coaching room. This episode is a coaching session with the lovely Nikki, who is a leader in an education setting. And Nikki experiences feelings of imposter syndrome, which we discover during this session is linked to a fear of being judged. So this is a long session. It's about 50 minutes long, but well worth your time because there are so many nuggets in here that I'm sure will help you too. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Okay, welcome everybody to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. And it's a little bit different today because rather than meet somebody who I'm going to interview about their life and their lessons learned and all of their tips and tricks that they would usually share, today I am meeting a leader, a lady who is a leader in education. And we are actually going to have a coaching session. So, you, dear listener, get the honor of being a fly on the wall in this coaching session. I'm here with the lovely Nikki. Hello, Nikki. How are you? Oh, yes, fine. Thank you. We had a lovely surprise at the start of this because we've been conversing on email. But then as soon as the Zoom came on today, I realized I've actually met Nikki before in person. So it was lovely to kind of have that connection. I think it was probably about five years ago, maybe four years ago that we met in person at an event, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes. So it was nice to kind of have that reaction of, oh, I already know this person. So it kind of makes us both feel a little bit more relaxed. Obviously, this is a different situation. So Nikki knows that she's being recorded for the podcast, which adds a layer of complexity somewhat. And indeed, it does for me too, because it isn't normal to, to record coaching sessions. But it's really kind of you Nikki to agree to do this so that other people can understand how they might be able to get to their limiting beliefs and crack open the things that are holding them back too. So thank you for being so brave. Really appreciate it. Now you wrote to me, Nikki, and you said one of the things that you have a challenge with, as do many men and women, is this idea of imposter syndrome. And You said that the way that that often shows up is in meeting situations where your colleagues are being nice and outspoken and sharing their views, and you feel that your views might not be worth listening to, and therefore you tend to keep quiet in the meetings, but actually often then on email afterwards put your views forward. So It'd be really nice if you could just spend a few minutes talking to me about, you know, what happens, how you feel, how this shows up and how you feel it might be holding you back. Uh, Yes. I mean, I think if I'm going into a meeting where it's with my team in an environment that I feel comfortable with, that's fine. I'm, I'm quite happy with those meetings and chairing that type of meeting. But if it's a meeting with my peers or perhaps senior managers that are above me, I can feel those nerves before I go into the room and the the chest starts to go and the breathing starts to go very rapid. 
And then I find that, um, you know, it's the dread of them coming and asking you a question, even though really, you know, you know the answer and you've got some valid points. Just not being able to perhaps put them out by that fear of feeling that you're going to say something stupid or maybe just not good enough as everybody else in the room and everyone's going to think, you know, or you're going to make yourself look silly. That's the other thing. So sure. looking silly, looking stupid is is sort of, would that be what you're actually saying to yourself as the leaders are coming around the room asking for views? I think that a lot of the people in the room are very outspoken, very articulate. And when I'm nervous, I can stumble on my words. So there's that worry as well that, and I may tend to ramble <laughs> as well, instead of just sticking to the point. So. I, I tend to stay quiet instead, but then, as you said, I may then email my points across later, just so that those points are still heard. And sometimes, again, they're acted upon, but just not feeling that confidence to be able to say it in the room at the time. And it's so common, this. I hear this from so many people. There's two sides to it. So you're saying that in the meeting, there's this kind of essence of dread and then the, I might say something stupid. What if I stumble on my words? There's a lot of sort of self-talk that's being wrapped around the fear. But then also in, in the email to me, you said you're worried that perhaps the points you have to make are not going to be valid ones. And yet what you're saying is that when you email them, they're heard, they're listened to, and sometimes even acted upon. So let's just talk about that dichotomy there in terms of what you believe in the moment in the room versus what happens afterwards it's it's probably having that time to reflect I think I am somebody that likes to reflect on things before I say things so being in that environment where you're you know you have to act very quickly in the moment that feels very uncomfortable and it, it, again it's just that it's probably boils down I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit but no go go <laughs> because it's an academic environment I a lot of people come through and they've been through I actually work for a, a university so a lot of people have been through the university process and they've come through as students and personally I didn't go to university so I think that's part of it as well maybe just not feeling good enough and Yes, that, that's, that's, that, I think that's come, what's going on behind it, really. So not feeling good enough in the eyes of these colleagues, these leaders who have the education badge mm -hmm. versus yourself that you, you've not been down that route. Although I know you said that you're working on that at the moment. I am, yes. I mean, I came through a, a banking background, so I worked through finance and, and that way. I'm now working within the educational sector, but doing a financial role. So I've come through a different route, but I'm currently doing accountancy exams myself outside. So amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying so to. So you're going to have those badges too. <laughs> but interestingly, you've got lots of different skills to bring to the setting. So while you might not have gone through the academic route, you've got these kind of business skills and knowledge that must lend themselves well in that environment too. Yes, and, and as I touched on, when I'm talking to my team and I've, I have learned through just experience and, and age <laughs> that um, <laughs> I have an aptitude for the work that I, I'm doing. So I know inside that I'm good at what I do. 
and I'm I can support my team well. But I think it's just that jump up to the next level where you're then having to deal with people who perhaps knowing much more than you do. They may not do, but they come across that they do. And that sort of, I think it's that fear of I'm out of my depth. Oh, fear of being out of depth. Okay. And you don't feel that with your team? No. No, I feel, and and my my direct reports, uh, sorry, my, my direct managers, that's not a problem either. I'm quite happy talking to them and putting suggestions across and, and coming up with ideas for things. It's just that, I think it's that mental, yes, it's the next step up. Even my, my sort of director, one-to-one basis, fine. In a meeting, I can feel very exposed. And even though I know, I cross with myself that I haven't been able to perhaps put these points across. It makes sense. It makes well, it makes sense in terms of the way that you're describing it. But what's interesting about it is you're clearly demonstrating that you have the capability to speak up. You have the capability to say what's on your mind, to give your ideas, because you can do that in your own team environment. But there seems to be where there's somebody who you perceive to be higher than you, better than you, more knowledgeable than you, more senior to you, when you've got that perception in your mind, that's what seems to be creating this block where you then tell yourself that you can't do it. Yes. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. Now, if you're, I mean, you'll have been reflecting on this, I'm sure, since you sent me the email. And during that that email exchange, you were saying that it was making you feel quite emotional. So, As you were reflecting on it, did anything pop up in terms of events during your history where you can really kind of remember feeling that horrible feeling in your chest and the breathing quickening and that feeling of dread? Two things come to mind. One one is perhaps being in meetings at work where you know that you can't be expected to know all the answers but yet you're in a meeting and you are expected to know all the answers. So if that makes sense. So, you know, you know and, and being able to, I've been in meetings where I said, I don't know that, but I will go away and I'll come back to you. But you can see that look of disappointment from maybe your manager that says, well, I think, you know, really, I want that answer now. So the, I think that's sort of from a current point of view. And then I think the other mm. thing is probably goes right back to school where, that fear of in the classroom putting your hand up and or not putting your hand up and being picked on in the classroom and uh, (laughs) trying to be as small as possible in the chair (laughs) exactly (laughs) please don't see me please don't pick on me (laughs) can you remember a specific experience like that at school nothing specific just sort of generally that feeling of exactly as you just said, that crouching down in the, in the chair thinking, please don't ask me. Yeah, but nothing really springs to mind. Okay, but that might be where the root is. So what I suggest that we do, and this process is bonkers really on one level, but brilliant on another. So you've just kind of got to keep an open mind and go with this one. I suggest what we do is use a recent example where you can put yourself into the meeting room and almost watch as if you're a fly on the wall in that meeting room, see you, see your manager and whoever else might be there and watch one of these scenarios play out. 
you know, the, the look of disappointment that you described is quite an interesting observation. So perhaps rather than an example where you've sat there and said nothing, perhaps we use the example where you've observed a look of disappointment. Because my hunch around that is potentially that's a perceived look of disappointment that you're you're seeing through your stained glass window. If you've heard me talking about the stained glass window before, your your belief set is distorting your perception. Rather than actually a look of disappointment that everybody else would pick up on as well. So it's an interesting little like snippet that you've thrown in there. So I think it's probably the right place for us to go. Okay. And then what we'll do, you'll observe the room. Really importantly, you'll observe you too. So you're not going to step into your shoes because I don't want you to feel it again. I just want you to see what's going on. And then what I might ask you to do to help that version of you in the room, I might ask you to go and tap on that version of you. And this is where it gets a bit weird because what I'm going to ask you to do is tap on you in the chair there on various points and I'll guide you through. And at the same time, you're going to imagine tapping on you in the room. And we tap on various points on the top of your head and the inner corner of the eyebrow. We do the side of the eye. We would often do under the eye, but we're not going to do that because you're wearing glasses, which is fine. We're going to do above the lip, on the chin, and then we're going to do the collarbone right on the inner edge of the collarbone there. Now, we would also normally do under the arm, but we're going to miss that one out just because of the microphones. So as you're in the room observing you, I might say to you, go and tap on that version of you and you start tapping on you in the room and tapping on you in that chair there. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Bonkers, I know, but (laughs) we just go with it. And what you'll notice as you're tapping on the version of you in the chair is whatever emotion she's feeling that will start to dissipate because we're releasing the emotional energy through the tapping technique. And then what we're able to do is communicate with that version of you to ask her to show you an earlier time where she's had a similar feeling in her body. So that tightness in the chest that you describe or whatever she might be feeling in that moment. And that will take us back. And it might take us back five years, 10 years, 20 years, But wherever she takes you first is the right place for us to go. And we'll then look at that memory in exactly the same way. And then we'll ask that version of you to take us back again. And we keep going back until she can't take us back anymore because that was the first time that you experienced the feelings. And then we're going to do something to to work on that. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. As much sense as it can. (laughs) So the brilliant thing about this is there's no right or wrong with it. It's just an experiment and we just see what we get from it. And then we'll we'll hopefully get to the point where you created the limiting belief about yourself, which is impacting the way you show up now. Okay. So all the way through this, you'll have your eyes closed. So please, God, the Wi-Fi continues to work. (laughs) But if it doesn't, don't worry, we'll reconnect and... You're not in hypno or anything, so you'll remain fully aware. It just helps you to connect with the memories if you've got your eyes closed. Okay. So before we start, let's just have some nice breaths, just to kind of calm the system down. So just taking the breath in and out. 
and again, and out, and one more. And just getting as calm as you possibly can be. And so I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes down and just take a few moments to put yourself back in one of these memories, a recent memory when you've had this sense that you're going to say, I'm not sure what the answer is, but I'll find out. And then you see the look of disappointment on your manager's face. And I'd like you to just observe that meeting taking place and notice that version of you and just study her for a moment. Notice what her body language is doing. And when you feel like you're connected with that memory, I'd like you to just start to explain it to us as if you're watching a movie and you're telling us what's happening on the screen. Okay, so my manager has asked me a specific question about why a a, you know, some finances are overspent or something. I may not know the answer to that. And I, because I don't know the answer, I can see that the version of me in the room is uptight and the shoulders are risen and getting quite, not agitated, that's not the right word, but feeling very tense and concerned that they don't know the answer because it feels, well, that, that's what I can see. And then conveying to the manager that I don't know, but I will go away and find out the answer. And the, the manager doesn't really look disappointed. It is just an internal, you could, it's an internal feeling of disappointing my manager that I want to support well. Yeah. So you can't actually see on her face the disappointment. You've got this feeling inside of you that you're creating a feeling of disappointment in her. Yes. And that's driven by your desire to want to support her in the best way that you can. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want you to put everybody in the room, if there is other people there, on pause. Just so that there's just you and your manager in that room. And just for the moment, I'd like you to go in and do the tapping on that version of you. Just so that we can dissipate some of this feeling of tense some of this feeling of being uptight. And so just really gently, I'd like you to tap on the top of your head in the chair and just imagine tapping on the top of her head. So, so me here. That's exactly that. Okay. Top of your head and just imagine you're a therapist and you're tapping on the top of her head too. And then the inner corner of the eyebrow. Oh, there, sorry. There, perfect. <laughs> Just really gentle taps. And then the side of the eye. And we might do this sort of eight to ten times on each of the points. And then above the lip. And just allowing her to feel a bit calmer. Release some of that tension. And on the chin. And then on the collarbone, just tap, tap, tapping. And then I'd like you to just tap the side of your hand on the karate point 
is if you're going to do a karate chop, that's right. And just gently keeping that hand tapping all the way through now this conversation. And so noticing that version of you now in the room, what do you see? Much calmer. The shoulders aren't as high. Yes, just feeling much more in control Ooh, is nice. what I would say. We wouldn't expect her to be relaxed, really, but the feeling like she's kind of got this, that's a good feeling. So now that she's in that state, I'd like you to just imagine communicating with her. So you're going to speak to that version of you and just ask her to show you a previous time in her life where she's felt a similar feeling before, that tension, that feeling of being uptight. And just ask her if she can show you another example. And it might not be connected to meetings in any way, but see where she takes you first, the very first thing that flicks into your mind. I think the first thing that's coming up is, is probably Jen going back to school, actually, and being in the classroom. Do you know how old you are in this one? Probably sort of late primary. So about uh, nine, ten, something like that. About nine, yes. Okay, so a little girl. And can you yes. describe to me what's going on in this one? I think in this one I was in one of the joint years where it was a, a trial where they had joined two years together and I was in the lower year and I was put into the higher year and sort of felt like I was always struggling to keep up. Mm. That's mm. a tough feeling. And what's going on in this specific memory? I can see the classroom and I can see, it's quite vivid actually, I can see the sun <laughs> shining in the window, I can see the blackboard. Wow. <laughs> teacher at the front of the class. They were round tables in, in this particular sort of trial. And again, just maybe always feeling the one that was not quite catching up with everybody else. How did she feel that? Where does she feel it in her body? I think it's just feeling quite emotional and those emotions always being at the surface, but not, not wanting to bubble over and cry in the classroom. Of course, of course. So that feeling where it's always just on the edge and if anybody's going to speak to me, it might just come out. Is it that sort of feeling? Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly right. So in this classroom scenario at the moment, what would you like to do with all of the other children to make it more comfortable for that version of you? <laughs> Disappear, I think, <laughs> or... You can do that. You can make them all <laughs> invisible just for this moment. Yes, just make, make them not there. Yeah, so let's do that. You're Harry Potter. You can have whatever you yeah. want. <laughs> yes. So just imagine that they're all invisible for the moment. So you should only be able to see you, still the blackboard, all the lovely classroom, and, and then the teacher. Who's the teacher? Uh, the teacher is a man, but I can't remember his name. <laughs> At all. And what's he uh, like? 
he was always very nice actually very approach you know I always looking back always felt he was approachable sort of one of those teachers that tried to get to the level of the children mm. so I think obviously the feeling was perhaps the other you know not feeling good enough in front of the other children the other children how does that version of you feel now that they're invisible feeling like I could ask the teacher anything without oh. feeling stupid <laughs> okay so the little girl is feeling this bubble of emotion when other people are there that she needs to almost perform in front of that she needs to look good in front of that she needs to do the right thing in front of yes yep but without them there she's okay conversing with the teacher and doesn't feel the teacher's going to make her feel like that is that what you're saying Yes, that's right. So let's just go in and tap on that version of you. And again, I want you to tap on you in the chair and imagine just tapping on her. So very gently on the top of your head and her head. We'll just help her to just get rid of some of that emotional charge that she's feeling. The inner corner of the eyebrow. And the side of the eye. That's it. And above the lip. And on the chin. And then just on the collarbone. And then back down to the side of your hand. And just gently observing that version of you and just seeing how she is now that you've tapped on her. She's feeling lighter. That's how I was feeling. Nice. I'd like you to go in now that she's feeling lighter and just. Just give her a big hug. So as the version of you now, just connect with that little girl. Give her a big hug. And maybe just let her know, just in your mind, have a conversation with her and let her know that she's okay. Everything's okay. And anything else that you feel like you want to say to reassure her. Sorry, was that a question? Did you ask me if there's anything else I wanted to say? You just have a conversation with her in your mind. You don't need to share. Okay. And you can just reassure her in any way you need to. And then I'd like you to just ask her once again to show you an earlier time when she's felt those feelings of the emotion bubbling and being just on the edge and just see if she can take you to an earlier time when she's experienced that same feeling and again might take a few moments but the first thing that comes to mind is the right place for us to look 
Yeah, I think the the first place is that we moved countries and joined a new school mid-year and being that new person in the classroom. Wow, how old were you then? Uh, must have been about six. Oh, wowzers. <laughs> so where did you move from and to? At that point, I lived in New Zealand and I moved. we moved to Australia. Wow, sis. It's a huge move for a little girl. And so you left your school and had to move into a new one when everybody is already connected halfway through a year. So as you're bringing back that memory, what, what are you actually seeing? Can you describe to me what's happening? Being brought into the classroom by a teacher, not starting at nine o'clock in the day like everybody else did and coming in later in the day and walking into a sea of faces where I don't know anybody, everybody looking at you oh. and just. <laughs> it's not nice. How does it make you feel? Upset. Emotional. Let's just tap on that little girl. In fact, before you do that, because this really helps last time, perhaps make everybody invisible again. Let's just make sure that this little version of you is as comfortable as she can be. And before we do anything, let's just go and tap on her to help with that emotion and to help you too. So just gently on the top of your head and the top of hers. And as you're tapping this time, I want you to imagine just having a conversation with her and letting her know how brave she is and how proud of her you are and anything else she feels she needs to hear. Just do that in your mind. In the inner corner of your eyebrow and hers. And the side of the eye. And then above the lip. What a courageous little girl she is. And on the chin. And then just on the collarbone. And gently on the side of your hand now. And just noticing that little version of you as she managed to calm a little bit with the tapping. Yes. Oh, that's good. So this little girl, just six years old, walking in with everybody looking at her feeling that sense of emotion. She doesn't know anybody, brand new place, new faces. Obviously that made her feel emotional. So thinking about that moment before you tapped, where did she feel that emotion? Welling up, I think, and wanting to cry, but not wanting to cry in front of everybody. Putting her brave face on. Mm. And that feeling that she was feeling there, I want you to just ask her if that's the first time she's felt that 
or is there an earlier time? I think that's the first time. Feels like the first time. Feels like the first time. What I want you to do is just take hold of her hand, let her know that she's safe and that you're there with her. And let her know that this experience that she's in would be challenging for anybody. So she's being really brave and really courageous. But in that moment, she was feeling emotional. There wasn't anybody there with her. She had all of these people looking at her. So what we want to understand is what she actually made that mean about herself or other people or the world in general. What decision did she make about herself that day as a result of that experience? Would you like me to share that? Yes, please. Yeah. I think she made the decision that she can't show her emotions. She can't show her emotions. What does she think would happen if she did that? Because she would then look weak and silly in front of other people. Oh, bless her heart. I want the adult version of you, just for a moment, to just connect with what you've just said. So she can't show her emotions or what she's feeling for fear of looking weak or silly in front of other people. How much does that resonate with the adult version of you? A hundred percent. And how, where do you link that previously to that? moment at six years old consciously I didn't even think about it but subconsciously obviously I think it affects a lot of what I do (laughs) inside well at work and personal life as well Mm. poor little girl it's so sad because in that moment we wanted her to have a completely different experience And the beauty of this now, Nikki, is that you can create that experience to be what it always needed to be, such that that little version of you believes something different. So rather than believing she can't show her emotion, she can't be vulnerable for fear of looking silly, what would you have wanted that little girl to believe about herself in that moment? I think that she could walk into that room with a big smile on her face and make a whole host of friends and just (laughs) be um, accepted instead of feeling different. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, no, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And that's exactly what we want her to know. Now, let me know, Nikki, who in her life at that time needed to be there with her, supporting her through that, such that she could have that perception about what was happening? Her mum. Her mum. So what I want you to do is still keep everybody else invisible for the moment, and I want you to 
bring in your mum into that classroom and have her hold that little version of you and reassure her about all of those things that you've just said. That she's gonna, she can smile, she's gonna make friends. This is gonna be a lovely opportunity for her. And have her mum fill her with that confidence and that courage to shine in that moment. And I want you to imagine that is now a little movie playing in your mind with you, that little version of you and your mum. Just fill in that six-year-old girl with courage and confidence. And as you're watching the movie, I want you to bring in all of the other children and notice all of the other children smiling too, welcoming, accepting that little six-year-old version of you. And as you're watching this movie play out, I want you to just describe to me what you're noticing about that little six-year-old version. She's smiling and she's feeling happy. She's not feeling as nervous because people are coming up and talking to her. And how are you feeling as the adult version? Again, lighter, feeling happier. <laughs> Just thinking about that. I want you to keep watching it. And I want you to imagine putting a frame of light around the movie screen that you're watching now. And if you were going to choose a colour for the light, what would it be? Yellow. Yellow. Beautiful. So as you're watching that movie, keep playing it from start to finish and imagining that beautiful yellow light wrapped around it. I want you to now imagine that that yellow light is coming in through the top of your head in that chair, Nikki. And I want you to feel that yellow light just seeping in through every single cell and every single fiber of your head. It's flowing down over your face as you're watching that movie with that smiley little girl, feeling embraced, feeling accepted, feeling like she can be part of this new environment. Feeling nervous, but excited. Feeling supported by her mum as that yellow light flows down over your shoulders, down over your chest, and starting to flow down your spine. I want you to feel it coming all the way down your arms and into your fingertips, filling you up with this warm, yellow light, bringing with it that feeling of belonging, that feeling of acceptance, that courage and that confidence to shine in this environment. And feel it flow down into the very core of you, filling you up, this beautiful light and all of this new belief that you're accepted for just who you are. Down both of your legs now. 
down through your knees and your calves, your ankles and out through the soles of your feet, Nikki. And I want you to imagine yourself grounded by this beautiful yellow light as it goes down into the earth. And then I want you to draw that light all the way back up through you and just put your hands on your heart now. And just fill your heart with that yellow light and that sense of being accepted, that sense of belonging, that feeling of courage and confidence. Bring it all in towards you. Watching that little girl with her mum and all of her new friends. And I want you to imagine now, Nikki, sending that light out. I want you to send it out behind you, above you, in front of you, in every which way you can, as far as you possibly can, to every single person who needs to feel that sense of being accepted too. And then draw that light all the way back in towards you. So that in every situation that you experience moving forward, you know that you are accepted for who you are, for what you know, for what you don't know. In every situation that you have, this courage and this confidence and this sense of belonging, just shrink that movie down for me. As you're watching it with your mom and that little version of you, shrink it down, tiny, 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 like a little doll's house TV. And I want you to draw that in. Draw that movie in and imagine it coming and connecting with your heart. That new perception of that reality that happened all of those years ago. And now just checking in on that little six-year-old version of you. How is she feeling now? She's happy and skipping oh. and has lots of friends <laughs> oh, and playing in the playground. Skipping. Beautiful. And just go back up the timeline a little bit and just check in on that nine-year-old version of you now. How is she? She's she's nine years old, is happy, still happy. She's still happy. She's at school, still enjoying school. Again, has lots of friends. And then just always along the timeline to you in the meeting room. And just check in on that version of you and how's she doing? She is confident. She feels that she she's earned her place to be where she is. Oh, that's a powerful statement. She's earned her place. Get in. Love that. 
you're doing absolutely brilliantly, <laughs> Nikki, honestly. I want you to just give yourself a moment now. Just take a nice deep breath. And then knowing that you've got all of these new perceptions about acceptance and belonging, courage and confidence inside of you now. I want you to just, whenever you're ready, open your eyes and come back out. Turned around, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that, that your chair was sort of spinning as we were talking and I was like, you're going to be on the other side of the room by the time we've finished. <laughs> Didn't know. <laughs> well done. How are you feeling? Lighter, actually lighter and I wouldn't say drained but I I know that I've confronted some stuff I feel like I've confronted some stuff I definitely feel much lighter than I did that's good that feeling of being drained you know that might kick in later after a piece of work like this that would be quite normal it's important that you take good care of yourself today on first reflection, and I know you're a reflector, so it might kick in later, but how are you feeling about, we call it the echo stream, so that connective, connected dots that we visited today and, and how that impacts the way you've been showing up? I didn't realise how much that experience really had affected me all through my life. And... When I think about, obviously, I'm now living in Britain, so <laughs> there were other times in my life where the same thing had happened, and I think it was just stacking on top of each other. So it's really interesting that it's it all it's brought me to where I've I've well not where I have been up until now. All of these experiences in the past, you just don't realise. I don't think how much these early things that happen affect you in later life they totally do and you know you've heard me talk about stained glass windows I'm sure in terms of that event age six is creating a stain on your window so your perception is changed of everything that is happening to you because it flows through the stain that represents that feeling of not being accepted that kind of fear of walking into the new of being different and obviously because you've had experiences after that event that are similar to it, the stain becomes more and more opaque, which means that, you know, your perception is, is completely distorted all the way through life. But I think what's really interesting hearing you today is that, as you said, on a one-to-one -one with my manager, I'm fine. On a one-to-one -one with the teacher, age 10, when we made everybody else invisible, you're fine. And then you get to that little belief around, you know, if I show anything, then and you must write this down. If I show any emotion, then people are going to think that I'm silly. You know, that's essentially what you described in that very first scenario at work. So it isn't so much about you speaking up to a person. It's more that what everybody else is going to think of you as a result of doing that mm. and actually by go ahead that that makes it just makes so much sense it, you know just thinking of different scenarios where that shows up 
Yes. Now, what's going to be interesting for you now is to start to experiment with the new belief system. Because when you think about that six-year-old event moving forward, you'll see your mum and that little girl connected, everybody smiling, wanting to make friends. That's what you'll see each time you go and think about it. And so it'll be really interesting for you to have that in your mind when you're in a next meeting scenario with lots of people and remember that six-year-old version and bringing in that yellow light because that's going to give you that courage to start to speak up. And then with the courage comes confidence. So it'll start Mm -hmm. to change the way that you show up in meetings moving forward. I look forward to it. (laughs) It's quite exciting. It is. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's really exciting. So I would encourage you now to just maybe spend a few minutes after the session writing up what's happened today. So what memories you went into, what the feelings were, and then writing up that kind of new perception of that early memory not that you'll ever forget it, but it'll honestly be imprinted now on your mind. And then just over the next few days, keep bringing the yellow light in. Keep bringing the yellow light in and allowing yourself to just sit with that feeling of what it's like to be accepted for who you are. And then just start to experiment and notice whether you get the uptight feeling or whether it's gone when you're in those situations. And you'll sort of get to a point where you're sitting in a meeting one day and going, well, I'll normally feel a bit strange doing this and and I'm not having that reaction anymore because you've created a new perception in your brain and therefore it's not being triggered in the same way as it was. So you'll feel a sense of freedom from that shackle that was holding you stuck. Hmm. So interesting. (laughs) So interesting. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear in a few weeks' time how this has gone for you. I will let you know. (laughs) Please do. Please do. And it would probably be a good idea if you wanted to do something after this to move on to something like Courage and Confidence, one of the online programs, to actually help you to build up the confidence because the courage will come now but the confidence to kind of move into the version of you that you were always meant to be, you'll want to work on that over the next few months to kind of build that up. And before you know it, you're going to be there in that senior position. And noticing all of those people who feel like you. Mm. Yes, yes, being aware of that. That's going to be interesting, actually, just looking at it from the other side. Mm. There was one other thing you said, during the session which was the trigger for the feeling that you had in the meeting room and that is when leaders use why questions why haven't we got the numbers we're supposed to have why hasn't this happened automatically that question comes with that fear of judgment that fear that we've done something wrong for many many people it's going to have that reaction so for you as a leader one of the things to just focus on from a language perspective is that you use how questions. 
you know, so, or what's happened? So what's happened that means that we're in this situation with the numbers? Or how have we got to this position? You know, would you be able to talk me through it? Rather than why? Because why feels like it's attached to judgment. So for you to be able to help other people who feel like you, the choice of questioning technique will really help that. Mm. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I will definitely take that on board. So overall, you've just experienced the limiting belief session. How are you feeling? I feel I feel as I keep saying, lighter and I'm really pleased that I've had the opportunity to do this. So thank you very much. And I'm really excited to see where this goes from here as well. Wonderful. Well, I will check in on you over the next few days. Thank you so much for being brave and putting yourself out there because this will help a lot of people, I'm sure. And to the lovely listeners, thank you for tuning in and listening to this session. And do tune in again for our next episode next week. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. If you did, be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links. For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.